Welcome to Minute Impossible. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to investigate with us the movie Mission Impossible one minute at a time. I'm Chris. I'm Jonathan. And this is Brad Mendenhall from the Cosmic Geppetto Podcast. Very excited to be back again. Thank you, guys. Thank you. It's good to have you back. Jesus, Brad. That was a really long intro. <laughs> <laughs> want everyone to know who I am. Jesus, we don't, we don't need a life story, man. <laughs> well, welcome back for a fun Tuesday where we're going to talk some more about tech that we see in this episode. There's lots of it. Yeah, it's uh, this is a, another good minute and uh, some great follow-up and uh, more tension building. And another thing where it's crazy, this is a big action movie. Where in the five minutes, not a whole lot of action, just a lot of tension. And that's uh, that's sort of a De Palma specialty. This thing has a lot of tension because we've got a little gizmo that's going up. Like the yeah. numbers go up. And that's a good thing. It's not a countdown. It's just a arbitrary upness. Count- yeah. we'll, we'll explain what we're talking about here in a second. The, this minute begins <laughs> with the whirring of the external hard drive. I keep calling it an external hard drive. For the external uh, floppy drive on the computer. And this minute ends with Tom Cruise giving a knowing smile toward Max. He is, he's definitely watching her. He wants to finally be in, be on top of this conversation because Max has had the advantage this entire time. Yeah. He, he looks so satisfied because he knows he's winning and he knows she knows he's winning. And up until that moment, he could have had a bullet put in his brain at any point. Yep. And he, 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 he finally knows he's, as close to safe as he's going to get while being around Max. In in the movie, it's very, uh, and I'm not super technical, so it was very vague to me. Mathis puts a machine on top of the external three and a half inch floppy drive reader. And it's this, it looks like a Walkman. It looks kind of like, excuse me, it looks like a walkie talkie. If you've seen Die Hard 2, it's exactly what it is. It's one of those 200-channel walkie-talkies. And then on top of it is a really strange triangular uh, antenna that looks like the top of a Teletubby. <laughs> this is the tech that is on top of the uh, drive. Now, uh, we, can, we can infer that this tech is supposed to tell if whether or not the disc has any sort of homing device in it or any sort of uh, radio signal that's going to come out. In the movie, you don't actually know. Do you guys know a lot about RF scanners? Mm-mm. I used to work for a company that sold them, but I still don't know a whole lot about them. I just know there was something that's like, hey. But so RF scanners can actually track the can they actually they can actually track how much radio is emitting from something, right? Is that what it does? Right. Because that's right. what this seems to be doing. Uh, originally, I thought this device was working on temperature because they kept when he, when they first start the minute starts, Mathis says twenty six to twenty seven. So far, so good. I don't know what that's based on. <laughs> and so for me, I was like, oh, great. 26, 27. Is that, is that Celsius? So do I need to change it over to centigrade? Like, is that, and I, I did. And I was like, oh, that's actually not bad. 26 to 27 was like 80 degrees. I'm like, okay, that could be a nice warm day, but that's not what it is. Okay. So it has nothing to do with temperature. I took those notes. I've thrown them away. Well, they sort of mislead you because they say as soon as there's a little bit of a, of a separation between two numbers, like that could just be it warming up. So that would lead you to think, oh, it must be a temperature thing. It's it's all malarkey. It's all we just need something and we'll say RF scanner and then have two numbers. And they do a good job of setting it up. It's like, hey, if those two numbers are different, that's bad. Yeah. And as, it, as it rises, it's like he and Mathis keeps looking at Max like, no, we're in the 30s now. Like we're no longer in the 26s and 27s. We're in the 35s. We're at the 32s. We're at the 37s. And it just keeps going and going. Brad, so, you know, we have a book. 
we didn't write it, but uh, the Mission Impossible novelization by Peter uh, Barso- Barsocini. I can never say his name right. I'm never going to. Peter Barsocini. And usually they give us, well, one, it's usually pretty dirty and sounds like a smut book. This time it actually gives us some background on this scene. Um, it actually is an RF scanner. Uh, this RF scanner uh, carefully measures the levels of electronic signals in the room. And as long as the readout stays below 30, there is no activity other than the usual emissions from the computer. Hmm. With that, knowing this helps. A homing signal triggered from the disc would send the readout climbing. Okay, so now we know. Now all the time and effort I did trying to figure out what this thing was, it's just a radio scanner. Which I thought it was from the beginning, but I'm like... Are they lazy and just put a weird antenna on it so that we would think that it's like some cool sensing device, some bug detection device? What's interesting is this is before the time of internet and everybody being an expert in everything because of the internet. No, there is the internet. There's alt dot. Oh, yeah. Alt dot users and whatnot. Bible dot blindness. What are you talking about? Yes. What was the other one? Fork, 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 or something like that. Something. <laughs> it's a noun, verb, 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 and flonk. Verb, 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 verb. Yeah, exactly. Flonk, flonk, flonk. Uh, but flonk, flonk, flonk. There we go. Uh, but nowadays, you know, you can't really get away with this sort of thing because everybody would be, oh, that's not how it works, or I know better. And back in the 90s and even before that, before the internet was so big, you could put something like this in a movie and it wouldn't be like questioned. You'd be like, oh, okay, they know what they're talking about. I accept it. Yeah, and also we're, you know... <laughs> We look at it in the minutiae, and I actually have a screenshot of it, and I was trying to figure out, and it definitely says 200 channel RF, RF scanner. R- <laughs> it just doesn't say Radio Shack on the bottom, otherwise I would know the exact <laughs> brand. I, I, I think I know what brand it is, it's the Pro 90. That's what this one looks like, it's from 96. But they may be using a Czechoslovakian version, so it might might actually <laughs> be a different year, something older. I don't know. That makes sense. But Max is also a, like an arms dealer. She may have the best stuff. Exactly. What's interesting about this scene to me is as I watched it again and then watched it again without sound, De Palma is really good about building tension in this moment because he starts the, the scene, the first couple of minutes before, before we got to this minute, uh, last week's minutes and this week's minutes were slow and, and really kind of methodical and they're back and forth and back and forth and building tension slowly. But as we get to this minute, he starts pushing the camera in, changing the angle. The camera starts to push in and push in. Every edit is a different is a different movement. And he's starting to build it up as we got our Frankenstein guy going out to look at the window. And he's out there for a good like 10, 15 seconds, maybe more, as he's watching. And there's still tension being built by the cuts in that place where he's looking at different cars, vans. And then we cut back inside as they're... The number's going up, and then Danny Elfman's music kicks in, but it's all just, like, at this point, the tension's just ratcheted up to, like, 11, literally. So, it's amazing to watch. This is the first time the tension's been high since about two weeks ago, when uh, when he first got to the, I can't believe it's only been two weeks, he got to, when he yeah. first got to the safe house and saw, exactly. Claire, saw Claire for the first time. So, this is the first, you know, we're really, we're on the cusp of of ending Act 2. And yeah, th- and if if the book is any indication, we're already over halfway through this book. Th- that's an indication that we're definitely moving toward a goal. And as we know, Ethan wants to meet Job. Max is his best way of meeting Job, and this is his one way in is proving that he's right, and this this disc is corrupted and has a tracking device on it. So she, uh, Max, does send Frankenstein's monster out on the balcony, and he. 
<clears throat> checks everything, does nothing. <laughs> he only stands out there for like a second and like just kind of looks. Kind of like, yeah. mm, me no see no one. Come back in. He should have waited two seconds. And if he'd looked down exactly. below him, he would see Pest Control Company. The, another another great little p- detail from the book, because y- it's hard to tell that it's a pest control company. Even when I zoom in on screenshots of the sh- of the of the stuff, I can't quite tell. A bunch of guys get out of a white truck. They're all wearing white coats and come running in the building, which is not pest control at all. It's, it's never like a <laughs> fleet of guys. Ultimately, it's one guy who didn't get past tenth grade high school. Um, with one of those weird pumpy things with a spray on it. They don't. It's 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 not an emergency services group. I don't care how nice the hotel is. It's a bunch of it's a bunch of strippers. They look yeah. like. <laughs> Do you guys call for a sexy doctor? <laughs> Max is like, oh dear boy, yes, yes, we did. I called for six, six sexy doctors. You might want to send two more. I don't think I. I don't think six is enough for me. <laughs> is that is that your Max? <laughs> That's as close as I'm going to get. I'm pretty sure I just use the oh, same accent for everyone. This podcast is now famous for some really amazing impressions. Oh yeah, like, I was, totally. I, I was I was just on a, a Point Break minute, and I did oh. my Busey impression. And it's like that doesn't really sound like Busey. It's like you don't really try to sound like Busey. You just try to sound sort of crazy and constipated, and you get as close to Busey as you need to get. But I, I think yeah. my Redgrave impression might be my Busey impression as well. I think I just got like one go-to. You can do Frankenstein's monster <laughs> next time we talk about him. Oh, okay. <sighs> See, there you go. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So the men get out of the truck. They come inside, and while they do that, cut back, and the music is now the Danny Elfman score is again at a fever pitch, and uh, the the thing is above thirty-five. And Max thinks it's an excuse to say that the disc is heating up, but it is definitely. Uh, the homing beacon is going off. In the book, we learn that the team from C- the CIA finds out that this is only a mile away from them. So, first of all, way to go, way to go, Max! You drove them a mile away. How big is how big is Prague? You've been there, Brad. It's it's actually not real big. Is it, it one mile wide? Yeah, it's a surprisingly small city. Um, it's impossible to get around because first off, the street names are all just filled with. All the street names look like somebody like sneezed on a a keyboard. It's just like a lot of K's and R's and Y's everywhere. And then it's like, what's the name of the street? It's like, it's Smith Street. It's like, okay, there's 18 K's in that name. There's no way it's Smith Street. That doesn't, <laughs> you're lying to me. So we know they were, they're only a month, they were a month. They were only a mile away, but it, because of the traffic, it took them this two minutes to get there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, um, but it, it's it's a relatively small city. But uh, just very, just very compact. Um, just and like I'm saying, so much. There's just so much there, which is probably another reason why it's good to film there because you have 18 different locations all within a you know one or two mile radius. Gotcha. Well, the the guys again. I'm going back to the the doctor strippers. The strip doctors run in the, the building, and if you're going, guys, you can you can just tell me. Uh, I'll, I'll count to three and just name out the one color you definitely want to wear if you want to blend it in Prague. One, two, three. White. white. Brown. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yes. White. White is the color that allows you to completely be invisible in Prague. On a yes. neoclassical is all uh, marble. So if you wear white, you will be invisible. They're all wearing white in a white van. It's terrible. It is. It, yeah, it's uh well and then 
you, you see, you know, later we're going to see you know, the agents go around, and even the, some of the, I think one or two of the agents were like wearing white trench coats. It's like, first of all, where the hell do you get a white trench coat? Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that so. in a second. Yeah. Cause they, um, as they walk up the stairs, we see our first glimpse. We'll probably talk about him next week, but we see our first glimpse of Dale Dye Jr., uh, the actor yeah. with the white hair who uh, a lot of people know from Band of Brothers. I mean, there's a million different movies, but yeah, we see our first, like, just real quick glimpse of him. He's with the team, and there's a gentleman, we can't tell who it is yet, who's wearing a hat, and he's not wearing white. He's just wearing a, you know, camel colored tan overcoat. Like a McGruff the Crime Dog. He looks like McGruff the Crime Dog. Let's call him McGruff. He does. McGruff. He's a McGruff. McGruff is uh, leading, the, or at least joining the team there. So I don't know if he's waiting. We'll find out who McGruff is next week. At, at second 55, right before the end of this minute, we, we get a great shot of this sensor that's on the, uh, on the floppy drive. And I've never seen a triangular sensor like that before. Do you guys know what that's for? Is that, does that triangle on top of it somehow sense? Do radio waves like fly through it? Like what's going on? That's 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 a better. That's an excellent, excellent question that I do not have an intelligent answer to. I will take unintelligent guesses. Also, please stab in the dark. I, I think whoever designed this thing just it likes triangles. Or, it's like, or, well, I I asked for dumb. There you go. Yeah, that's all I got. I would love to know how realistic these devices are. You, you said that you know. These RF sensors are are a real thing, mm-hmm. but uh, and you know what? I have a feeling that if this movie was made now, we're we're now in an era where, for good or for ill, product placement is so vitally important. And this is a movie that feels like it does has no product placement. If they were to do this movie now, you would have, and and it wouldn't even make sense. It, it would be a Radio Shack device, even though Max would not, is not a she she she's not a Radio Shack gal. You're not seeing uh, Vanessa Redgrave in a Radio Shack, or really anywhere with the word "shack" in it. Well, Matt Mathis might go. Well, they sent. They sent. Let's be real. They sent Frankenstein's monster. Uh, RF sensor. <laughs> well, now you just sound like Tim Allen. RF, RF sensor. More power. Infinity or beyond. <laughs> so. <laughs> But, yeah, um, it would be a Samsung or a Sony now, you know, or an LG or some Japanese thing, or Chinese or Japanese label, because then, you know, they got to make the money in China. Yeah, well, I just remember when the, they did the first Amazing Spider-Man, and there they show young, hip Peter Parker uh, looking at stuff on the internet, and there he was on the Bing web browsers, like, you're lying. There's no way he would be on Bing. No one has ever used Bing. It's like, why don't you just... <laughs> What's funny is at my work, when we jump on the computers to do all our all our stuff with the internet, when it comes to like stuff in the movie theater stuff, everything is on Bing. Every, every search engine is Bing. I'm like, why? Why are we on Bing? <laughs> Can't find anything with this. So it's just ridiculous. I wonder if your IT department has been, you know, has been told to do that. I'm sure they have. What's also interesting is that if we do any searches for like in our area, mm-hmm. it comes up with uh, with Kansas as our location because that's where home office is. Oh, so. man. Mm. You guys need to start <laughs> downloading some movies illegally. Exactly. I mean, don't do that because that's illegal. No. No, well, we do have a server that downloads movies, but it's, it's not illegal. Sure. Of course. You're a, you're a, you're a movie theater. You, you do exactly. everything's above board. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, as as this mo- this second second Star Wars second as this as this movie uh, this as this minute winds down, 
not really much else is going on except we're getting some face acting from Vanessa Redgrave and from Ethan. They're both looking at each other and Ethan has finally got the upper hand, I think. He knows the number's still going to climb and climb and he knows that they're closing in and Max is not going to have anything about anything for this. He, he hopes Max has a plan. I mean, I would hope Max has a plan. He's still tied to a chair. He's got less than a minute to get out of there. What's great about those scenes, though, is that reactions to them is that we've got these great, you know, zoom ins towards them as they're going. Everything's a zoom in at this point towards the end of this minute. It's just slow zoom ins to all of them. It's great. It's one of my favorite. Some of my, some of my favorite De Palma work is this, this moment. Well, it's great because the camera angles and the zoom ins, it makes this very tense moment and all this building tension uh, feel, feel like an action scene. They're, they're, yep. they're just sitting there. But and one of the people's tied down. Yeah, yeah. And no one's actually moving, other than other than Frankenstein's monster going to the window. No one's moved in this scene. No, exactly. They're all standing still. I'm still super tense. Yeah, but, exactly. And, and then then he's moving that camera to really give it some energy, and and the actors' faces and the reactions are giving it energy. And I mean, the music once like as as Jonathan said, it's very jaunty. It starts kicking in, and Elfman's score just really takes it to a whole other level. And that's where this minute ends. You got anything else? Speaking of jaunty. Let's talk about some tech of the app. That's a great segue right there. Yeah, it is. I'll start with this time with Chris. Chris, I think all we right. all know where we're all pretty much going. This is going to be a pretty strong yep. tech of the app. What do you got? Yeah, I got that radio, that RF thing, man. That's that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's called it's an like RF scanner because what it's doing is those are that's the I guess it's measuring the waves, <laughs> the radio, the RF waves. Yeah, the radio waves, and they're yeah. getting bigger. <laughs> they're sending out a signal. Can you tell? I know a lot well, about radio. Yeah, no, it, it looks like the like the Ghostbuster uh, ghost detector. So that's what I that's what I think of when I see it. Oh yeah, kind of does. Well, it's very much. Um use the same way as they would use uh, the devices in Star Trek where they're just really they're not even trying to be accurate I'm sure if you had somebody who was like a really expert in the field they'd say he's like that isn't how those numbers work at all that's not how any of that works he's like it doesn't matter you just need to like give the audience an indicator like hey there's going to be two numbers if they're different from each other Ethan wins and they do a great job of like throwing enough jargon out there where you, you know it's complicated but also saying it's like well, if there's a you know if there's a split between those numbers, or that could be a warming up, and then they start saying the numbers, and Tom Cruise looking more and more cocky, and Star Trek used to do that real well. You know, the the joke is like they would give some long explanation, and then some sort of like homey example is like, oh well, the, the you know the the crystals, the dilithium crystals, and this is this is like like letting the air out of a balloon, and it's like oh of course letting the air out of a balloon, and that's what they're doing here is like they're they give a complex explanation. They look at the device and they say, oh, well, it's 33 to 31. And, you know, Tom Cruise looks cocky and we all like act like we understand, yeah, even though none of it means anything. It's a visual shorthand. A good example of that in a movie is James Bond in the first three to five James Bond movies was always playing Baccarat. I don't understand how Baccarat works. I know cards come out of a thing. And then they hold them, and then they say things like "cat" and "neuf le bon." I don't know what that means, but I know that he wins. It's all based on <laughs> editing, and it's all based on the music that's playing. And it's not you just as a as a human being going, 
okay, he's happy, and the guy said something that sounded cool, so I guess he won. And everybody else is like, yeah. ooh, look, look at the cards he had. And you're like, I have no idea what just happened. Yeah, exactly. And it's fun when you, they take you into the world and all of a sudden you act like you know, you, you can pretend that you know more than you do because they spoon feed it just enough without it feeling like they're spoon feeding. And hey, that's how podcasting works. <laughs> that's, uh-huh. I think you just said rule number one of podcasting. Say it long enough I and the people will easy. think you know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> We had one week where a guy thought that we were experts. I'm like, we are not experts. We just like talking about this movie. Yep. Right. Exactly. All right, Brad, I assume because of your uh, glowing endorsement that you were also a fan of the RF scanner. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no competition. This is this is the really this is the RF scanners movie or minute. <laughs> it's the it's the movie. But it's window dressing. I agree. He sh- the scanner should have gotten <laughs> top billing. Hey, in the Facebook group, could someone please put Brad's head on the top of an RF scanner? Seems like something we <laughs> need to do. That, that may that, that may be your picture for uh, your uh, your host spot, your guest spot. <laughs> Brad is half RF scannered. You didn't know that, did you? His, his mother was an RF scanner. The grandparents didn't understand, but it was a love too great to be denied. <laughs> <laughs> Another love that is too great to be denied is coming over to our Facebook group. Our Facebook group is at the Impossible Minute Force. We talk about everything from movies to RF scanners to anything we really want to talk about. Sometimes Star Trek, sometimes James Bond. Who knows where we're going to go? And you can also talk to us on Twitter at Min Impossible, M-I-N Impossible, and go to our Instagram account where we actually sometimes put up put up stuff about the, the end of the podcast. Brad, I assume you can come back tomorrow. I will be back. Fantastic, Chris. You're always here. You're chained to me, so you have to come back. Yeah. And until tomorrow, I've been Jonathan. I've been Chris. And I've been Brad. This podcast will self-destruct in five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. Bang. Kapow. That's what it is, guys. I gotta go as Voltan one year for uh, for uh, Halloween. Yeah, I have the physique for Voltan. Go. I don't know if I want my <laughs> my nipples out there though. I, I don't know if I can handle being bare chested in front of anyone. <laughs>